When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now you can use code DNVR at sign up and get some very special offers like turning a $5 bet in Monday's NCAA tournament into $250 in free bets. Again, with code DNVR on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we're going to talk about a couple trades made in the NL West that's going to make things a little bit more challenging for our Colorado Rockies. MLB umpires, been a change with them. There's an injury pileup around MLB. I also want to bring you some audio of two players you're going to be hearing a little bit more about later on in the season because Tuesday is a big day. I'll tell you what Tuesday is. It could be a holiday. I think it's a holiday. In a lot of cities. I'll say I'll tell you this. It's a holiday in 120 different markets in the United States and Canada. But first, let's get to our Rockies news and notes. Kyle Freeland, he is the opening day starter for the Colorado Rockies in 2022. This is his second opening day start and his first since 2019. If you recall, in 2018, just before that, he, of course, finished fourth in the National League Cy Young Award voting. That fantastic year leading the charge. Hermen Marquez had an awesome year as well, but no, no, no. Sub-3 ERA, it's something that, you know, if you never see it again in your lifetime, you're, you wouldn't be shocked. You wouldn't be surprised by that. That's how fantastic Kyle Freeland was in 2018 and really since then he's done a fantastic job of inducing the ground balls you know hasn't seen his strikeout numbers really take off but doesn't really need them to doesn't really need that kind of action has figured out how to do it in Colorado no surprise as he is a Colorado kid a Denver native graduate of Thomas Jefferson he looked fantastic on Friday night at home at Salt River Fields against the Seattle Mariners who had a pretty solid lineup in there don't forget, they just missed out on the postseason last year, made themselves a little bit better, should have a lot more support from some of their younger players in their system who are on the come up. Jared Kelnick, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Matt Brash, who you saw on Friday night if you were watching the game, Julio Rodriguez, J-Rod, he's, he's exciting. So Freeland went out and, and simply put, he dominated. He lasted until the sixth inning which we hadn't seen a Rockies starter do yet. Only threw 53 pitches, induced two double plays, 
you know, only gave up three hits, all singles, didn't issue a walk. So he looked fantastic. And Freeland now puts himself in a special, unique class, if you will, of starting pitchers for the Rockies because that's the record. There's a lot of guys at the top of the list. Some of them maybe should have gotten a third start on opening day, but nevertheless, we have ourselves a 10-way tie for first place for most opening day starts. Kyle Freeland, of course, ties now with Armen Marquez, John Gray, Jorge De La Rosa, Ubaldo Jimenez, Aaron Cook, Jason Jennings, Mike Hampton, Daryl Kyle, and the original two-timer, the original back-to-back opening day starter, Kevin Ritz. So congrats to Kyle Freeland. Kind of came as a shock to him. Came as a shock to probably most of you if you haven't already been active on social media since that was announced late on Friday. But it's going to be Freeland on opening day. Then Buddy said his next two guys are going to be Senzatella and Marquez. Just don't know exactly what order that's going to be. Senzatella was supposed to start on Sunday, but he was scratched with a quote-unquote lower leg situation according to our buddy Thomas Harding of MLB. So we'll wait to see if he ends up going today on Monday or on Tuesday if Senzatella doesn't pitch on Monday. Well, then you should expect Monday starter Herman Marquez to start game two on Saturday against the Dodgers. They're on April 8th and Senzatella going on Sunday. Regardless of the order of those two players, you've got to think Austin Gomber is going to be the number four starter with Chad Cool at number five. And again, this is really just the order. Some people would say, well, obviously, Herman Marquez is the ace of the staff. He's their best pitcher. Okay, sure. He's number one. I agree. And then you got maybe two number twos in Freeland, in Senzatella. Gomber is a great number three. It doesn't really matter the order. What does matter is you should try to split up your two best right-handers if possible. And maybe we will see a reshuffling of the rotation, but maybe even more important than that, splitting up your two left-handers. So by having Gomber as your number four, Chad Cool as your number five, then you go back to the top of the rotation with Kyle Freeland at number one. Of course, we're going to go through a lot of this stuff, a lot of the previewing of the season as we get closer to Friday's first pitch on opening day. In fact, to get you ready for that, Got to make sure you are following along and you're subscribed to the DNVR Sports page over there on YouTube. Check out our channel because all of this week, dropping today at noon should be your first time, should be the first drop. We are going to do a player preview series, eight different players. We're going to look at the hitters, Chris Bryant, Charlie Blackman, Ryan McMahon, Brendan Rogers, and on the pitching side, Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, Antonio Senzatella, and a special bullpen newcomer, Alex Colomay, miscellaneous potpourri type show for the eighth and final one. For those shows, I will be joined by Kevin Henry of Rocks Pile and Call to the Pen. You know, he's been with us a bunch. He, I've had to lean on him very hard so far this offseason. He's a guy I lean on hard in, in the press box and in life. He's a, very much a big brother to me. Uh, in so many ways. So glad to have him around. And Kenneth Weber, who you may recall about a month ago, we talked to him a little bit about prospects in the Rockies system. He does a fantastic job from Purple Row. So we tick off both boxes, the Rocks pile. We tick off Purple Row. We, 
you know we love to go out there and, and support everybody in the Rockies community. So if you have any suggestions or you know of anyone that, hey, maybe didn't get an opportunity this offseason to talk with me or hang out with us, well, hey, we got six months of games to do that with. Post-game shows, pre-game shows are going to be bringing all of that to you. Let me know who I missed or who you want to see back on the DNVR Rockies podcast. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Patrick D. Lyons, or just shoot me an email, Patrick at the DNVR.com. Super excited for you guys to see this player preview series over there on YouTube. Should be about two premiering a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, as we get ready for the Rockies opening day on Friday against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Kyle Freeland against Walker Bueller. Season starts with the team it's going to end with the Dodgers. So it's very fitting these bookends that we have going on here. Also want to recap some other things from the weekend. If maybe you didn't have an opportunity to, to pay attention, beautiful weather on Friday and Saturday, maybe you got to go outside and enjoy this last bit of freedom before you really get sucked into all the excitement and intrigue of, of the baseball season as it were. But Friday, like I said, Rockies played the Mariners. They won that game 2-1 on a walk-off. It's great to see young Michael Tolia hitting a walk-off double to lift Colorado to the win in a game that was very much a pitcher's duel. The first game under the lights. Tonight's game, in fact, will also be under the lights for the Rockies. That'll be a 740 Mountain Daylight Time against the Brew Crew. They're at Salt River Fields. Make sure you're watching that or listen to that on radio. But the Friday night game that they had there, again, pitchers were, were dominant. Robert Stevenson had two-thirds of an inning. Chasheen with an inning. Estevez and Bard with an inning as well. All scoreless. Fantastic outing, again, overall by Rockies pitchers. And then Saturday rolled around, and it was crazy. Uh, to be expected, a typical spring training game where it was a blowout. I think the Rockies even had a 10-3 lead going into the bottom of the seventh. And then, you know, some of their pitchers couldn't get the job done. And so they play nine innings. They tie 11-11. Chris Bryant went two for four, had himself a pair of doubles. He's got three doubles already this spring. That's actually half of his hits. That'll be something to keep your eye on in his player preview series as we make a couple bold predictions Expect a couple bold predictions on how many doubles he hits this season. Dom Nunez got himself into gear. He was three for four, hit himself a grand slam. Connor Joe added his second home run of the spring, had three RBI total. Lucas Gilbreth lowered his spring ERA. He was one of a few Rockies pitchers who looked good. Really the only one that looked good that's actually going to be on the 28-man opening day roster. He should have another opportunity to maybe go out there and clean up a couple things here in the final two games. As I said, Monday's game is a night game against the Brewers. And then on Tuesday, that's the final spring training game for the Rockies. They'll be off on Wednesday. Everyone in baseball, I believe, will be off on Wednesday. Actually, no, that's not true. I think there could be a couple exhibitions. You could have like Angels and Dodgers. I think there maybe is like two exhibition games that are going to be played at actual home ballparks before MLB's opening day on Thursday. But Tuesday's game is a day game against the Cleveland Guardians. Yes, get used to that. Cleveland Guardians. I think that one's also at Salt River Fields. 
It was wonderful seeing everybody coming out and supporting the DNVR Rapids crew for the game on Saturday night. Some of you were even on the bus. And hey, if you're a member, you know you always get a discount on those kind of special events. That means Broncos tailgates. That means now the Nugget Party Bus. You get a free shirt with an annual membership at dnvrlocker.com. And it was really cool bumping into a gentleman named Spencer that is one of our favorite members. He's always chopping it up with somebody over there on our Discord channel, which again is a members-only Discord channel where we talk about various topics, skiing, hiking, food, and yes, of course, all the main sports that we've got here in town. You get a member-sized beer, which he was tapping into. Definitely enjoyed uh, getting something a little bit extra for his buck. And, And these are some of the great perks you have when you're a part of our community. Besides just the fact that at the dnvr.com, when you're a member, which now is only 50 cents for your first month, but if you're a member to that, you get all the great exclusive coverage on Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, Rapids. We're talking CSU Rams, CU Buffs, Rugby, Golf, and you know what? Maybe someday there'll, there'll, there'll be other things that we're covering as well because we love expanding, not just around the country, but even in our city. So if you've got a good idea, of course, hit us up because you should never say no to a good idea. And and don't say no right now to DraftKings because you've got a few hours left here, depending on when you listen to this on Monday, especially if you're a college basketball fan, you probably already know about the biggest tournament of the year, the final big game the roy williams classic if you will it's going down monday night tonight DraftKings sportsbook turn your team's victory into your own big win right now new customers you can bet five dollars on any team to win you're gonna get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do it's really that simple if they win you win DraftKings sportsbook customers you can also get in the game with same game parlays for North Carolina and Kansas. Yes, this is where you have multiple bets going on in the same game for a bigger payout. So even those two or three things that you know are going to happen and maybe on their own don't pay very much, well, you can stack them all together. And if all three of them happen, now you're going to make some significant cash. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on either Kansas or UNC to win. You get $200 in free bets if they do. Remember, if they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, of course, is going to be on the national championship game. And I'm laying my money on the Tar Heels. I'm laying my money on North Carolina. They've lost just once in the past six weeks. They've ripped through everyone they've played, including Duke and Coach K twice, I thought. I thought, I thought it was going to be Dukes here. I, I thought it's just too perfect, too perfect to go out that way with Coach Krzyzewski. Alas, doesn't happen. And yeah, I know Kansas has lost twice in that same time period. I'm being a little bit selective when I look back in the last six weeks. But yeah, Kansas have won 10 games in a row. But you know what? doesn't matter. I'm not going with the Jayhawks. My money's on first-year coach Hubert Davis's squad. Don't take the points. That's the big one here. Don't take the points. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week 
is the money line. Take the win. Plus 155 on UNC. North Carolina in the national championship game. Lock it in. A couple more transactions over the weekend that you may have missed from the Rockies. Nothing major, just guys getting optioned down to AAA, meaning they will not be making the opening day roster on Thursday. Maybe if I didn't mention it on Friday's show, Ben Bowden and Jordan Sheffield were optioned to AAA. They had the roughest springs of all relief pitchers that were kind of on that bubble. On Saturday, it was Colton Welker and Justin Lawrence who had himself a good spring. I did think he was going to make the roster, so that did surprise me just a little bit. Colton Welker, unfortunately, had some issues with his eye, and so didn't really get a chance to show what he's capable of. He had a really good game on Sunday, but nevertheless, he'll have to go down for a little bit more seasoning. Not really a spot for him on the roster. You could make the case, but I'm going to break down the opening day roster here in just a second on what I think it's going to be since All signs really point to not very many options here. On Sunday, though, both catchers were sent down. Carlos Perez, Brian Servin, who I thought maybe had a chance to make the team, but no, it's going to just be Dom Nunez as the backup. You know, Elias Diaz already had his spot locked up, especially when he got that three-year extension for $14.5 million before the lockout. And so Nunez striking out maybe a bit too much, but... There's a lot of confidence in him. So the Rockies will not be carrying three catchers. And because of that, that gives us our opening day roster. We'll talk more about this as we get closer and as it becomes more official. But did have an article that went up, I believe, on Friday. I will link that in the podcast description. So if you are a member, you can go ahead and click on that and you could see the layout of what the opening day roster will look like in the rotation, as I already mentioned. In no particular order, though, this could be the order. Freeland, Marquez, Senzatella, Gomber, and Cool. In the bullpen, Alex Colome, who hasn't been named the closer officially, will probably be the closer. Daniel Bard, Carlos Estevez, Tyler Kinley, and Robert Stevenson. Two guys they're going to lean on a lot for 7th and 8th inning opportunities when Bard and Estevez can't go. Lucas Gilbreth and Jolie's Chassin, the rookie, the veteran. Ty Block, who is not on the 40-man roster. They will have to make room for him. That means somebody's got to go. Going to have to talk about that a little bit on Tuesday. Who's a candidate to get bumped off the roster? Who's going to have to get designated for assignment? Or maybe, just maybe, what we're seeing around baseball, and we'll get to it in a second here, with a couple trades that have been made in the division. Maybe the Rockies swing a trade and say, look, we can't necessarily use this guy for the right offer. We will trade them to your organization. Maybe that's a way of removing someone from the 40-man. Ashton Godot also is going to be a long reliever for the Rockies. Catchers, Diaz, Nunez, infielders, CJ Crone, Brennan Rogers, Ryan McMahon, Jose Iglesias. And now I think Alan Trejo has a spot locked up here on the bench as another Somewhat super utility player. He's not super because he's really just going to play around the infield. I think that's because Garrett Hampson may be needed a little bit more in the outfield. So if Hampson's in center field, you have no other infielders whatsoever. And you can't have that. Yeah, you got Connor Joe. Connor Joe can play first and a little bit of third base. But you need someone to play second base and shortstop. And if Hampson's the only one who could do it and he's stuck in the outfield... 
you could be in a real awkward situation. You don't have the luxury of a Tony Walters to be your catcher and second baseman. Ah, those were the days, weren't they? Those were, well, those were some days. Nevertheless, in the outfield, Chris Bryant, Randall Grichik, Charlie Blackman, Sam Hilliard, and Jonathan Daza. Daza is an interesting name that's been floating around as someone who could be a trade candidate. We'll wait and see. And as the true super utility players, infielders and outfielders, Garrett Hampson, Connor Joe, who can play left field, right field, first base, and is the team's official third string emergency catcher. He is. He actually does work a little bit with Mike Redman on that. This isn't going to spend a ton of time because, again, it's really just, hey, just make sure you're competent back there if something crazy happens, which to my recollection, really only ever happened once, and you had Nafi Perez behind the plate. Yes, that look that up. We talked about that recently, actually, in an episode with Noah Yingling, where we went back and, and reflected on that. I think Larry Walker played second base and third base. Wild times. Wild times, to say the least. All right, before I get into the trades here and, and some of the injury concerns around baseball, Interesting note from the weekend was that Justin Upton was designated for assignment by the Angels, which means they will be on the hook for his $28 million this season. Now, if you think the Rockies need even more punch, I mean, you can always use more punch, but Justin Upton, who could be more of a defensive liability, again, you don't really have room on this roster. Maybe you make room. And if you pay him a, a the veteran's minimum, maybe that's a nice little bit of punch that you've got in your lineup, similar to what the Rockies got out of Matt Holiday in 2018. It's what they got out of Matt Kemp in 2020. So, hey, maybe every two years they go barking up that tree. I'll have to talk a little bit more about that on Tuesday, but I thought that was a bit interesting, a bit curious. Michael Conforto is a name still out there. I think we've moved on from him because as we know, he will cost a draft pick and that just doesn't make sense right now for the Rockies to give that up. The news on him though, was that he suffered a shoulder injury in January. So he does seem to be a little bit better. And if you want an interesting angle that I don't think we're going to see come to fruition, but it did happen in recent memory. Might have been Dallas Keuchel. Look it up. As I said, Michael Conforto will cost any team that signs him, other than the Mets, because that's who gave him the qualifying offer, it will cost them a draft pick, a 2022 draft pick, because Conforto rejected a qualifying offer. However, if Michael Conforto does not sign a deal with a team until after the draft, then there's no draft pick compensation. Now, obviously, you say, well, why is he waiting that long? You're right. He's he's probably not going to. Now, if, if he waits until the middle of July, because remember, the draft is now no longer in the middle of June, and you say, well, you know what? I'll still be able to get paid for three and a half months. That's not so bad. Well, now we're really looking at two and a half months because the draft has been moved back. So that really doesn't become an option. So I don't think that will happen, but you never know. It's it's great to take to the water cooler and say, hey, I've got a way that the Rockies can sign Conforto and not have to give up a draft pick. 
And, you know, it might impress a couple people or raise their eyebrow and say, ah, this guy knows his stuff about baseball. Also, I'd really be shocked if around the water cooler in Denver, in the Rocky Mountain region, people are talking about Michael Conforto. Could be wrong. Maybe. Maybe he's a little bit more interesting than uh, I, I give him credit for. But I got to give a lot of credit right now to the fast acting and dissolvable gummies from Ripple, partially because they are proven, clinically proven. At CSU, they did a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people. Yes, these were published in peer-reviewed journals. But Ripple is clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy because absorption happens within 10 minutes every time. They've got flavorless and dissolvable powders, which can turn anything into an edible. You can be the MacGyver of edibles, which, in my opinion, is something worth bragging about. But seriously, the science supports all of this about ripple speed and absorption. You can pick them up at any of Lightshade's 10, soon to be 11, Denver metro area locations. It's Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade. They've got ripple for you in stock. They've got everything from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. It's a premium selection of cannabis and concentrates at all of Lightshade's location. Top shelf flowers, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And now you, yes, you listening, can get 25% off non-sale items when you use code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or just visit a Lightshade location near you. If you were at any of our Broncos tailgates this past year, you already know all the details about sexy pizza, specifically that it's friggin' delicious. You also probably have gone out to any of their four Denver community locations, Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Park Hill, and Jefferson Park. Maybe you even traveled down to the one that's now located in Trinidad, Colorado. If you don't know, Sexy Pizza is all about the community, and they've been in the Denver community for the past 13 years with their hand-tossed deck oven pizza and made-from-scratch-each-morning dough. And the coolest thing about sexy pizza is what they do for the community i can't stop saying that word enough it's because that's who they are and that's what they represent they donate to a range of different nonprofits right here in colorado in fact if you go to their website www.sexy.pizza they back it up when you go to their about page you can check out the donations link and actually find out how sexy pizza can support your cause seriously make sure you do that again that's www.sexy.pizza find out how they can support your cause check out any of their locations here in denver as i mentioned all right well the trades that were made over the weekend in the nl west a little spicy dodgers got themselves a closer kenley jansen of course we saw go to atlanta that's going to be strange seeing him there but also very refreshing to not have him coming out of the bullpen in the ninth and now, Atlanta's former closer, Craig Kimbrell, he's a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. L.A., straight-up deal with the Chicago White Sox for A.J. Pollock. The money is almost identical, too. Kimbrell is owed $16 million this season. Pollock is due $15 million. Now, only ten is in salary this year. There's a $5 million buyout, which is really a part of an option that could be enticing to keep him around the south side for 2023 and so by acquiring kit craig kimbrell the dodgers have their ninth inning guy i thought bruce dar gratterall would have been totally fine and acceptable there but he really helps beef up 
that bullpen in a major way for the Dodgers. And, you know, it is what it is. We'll probably see Blake Trinan coming out in the eighth inning. He was, at this point, he was actually the guy who was due to take over the closer duties. Daniel Hudson signed a one-year deal. He's with them. You know, they've got a couple options. And one of those options, which some of the rumbling that I'm hearing, Yancy Almonte may even make that bullpen for the Dodgers. Yeah, he did sign a minor league deal as a non-roster invite to big league camp. And I am hearing some rumblings that he very well could make the opening day roster for the LA Dodgers. So that will be interesting to say the least. The Padres went out and gave themselves a really, really solid boost. Now, you know, they gave up. I actually thought they didn't really have to give up very much. Now, they, they're only getting a year of Sean Manaya from the Oakland Athletics who continue to sell off anyone of any worth whatsoever. Now, Manaya is a free agent after this season. So, okay, that's going to impact how much you're able to get for him. So I didn't think that the Padres gave up too much. It was somewhat similar to the Tapia Grichik deal where the Rockies gave up a player like Adrian Pinto, who you say, yeah, he's not really a top 30 guy, but give it a couple years. He's really young, you know, just barely out of the Dominican Summer League. We'll kind of see what happens with that. And so Padres may live to regret it later on, but they are investing in their big league club. Manaya gives them another left-hander in their rotation. Makes you feel a little bit better about the Rockies being a little bit more right-handed heavy with that Tapia for Grichuk deal. L.A. has three lefties in their rotation, and we could get to a point in which they've got four. San Francisco has two. They could get to three if Matthew Boyd works his way into the rotation. And now San Diego has themselves two left-handers in their rotation. So that actually works out really, really well for the Rockies. If you're unaware who Sean Manaya is, he's been a starting pitcher, a very good one for the last six seasons with Oakland. Originally came over in the Ben Zobris deal at the 2015 trade deadline. So again, Oakland was able to recognize we are out of it. So we might as well try to get something really good for our future. They get six really solid seasons out of Sean Manaya. Not an all-star appearance, but a couple of really good years Overall, last year was probably his best, was worth 3.2 wins above replacement. They go ahead and trade him, and they get even more stuff for a guy in Ben Zobris who's been retired for a while, and yet that trade tree continues to go on and on and on. Manai has a 3.86 ERA in the American League. Not bad. Did have two complete game shutouts last year, so he is a very interesting pitcher for San Diego, but their farm system is getting weaker and weaker, which you might be saying, well, who cares? The big league team is pretty darn good. And so that should really have little to no impact on the big league club. No, you're right. But one of the reasons why it's important to make sure you have a little bit of balance in your minor league system is when players get hurt. And when you get to the trade deadline, what are you going to have to offer? There are teams out there at the deadline that just don't have the prospect capital to make any significant trades. And the Padres are going to be in that boat. They have pretty much one more opportunity to make a significant trade. They've got 
two and a half top 100 prospects. I say half because Mackenzie Gore has really slipped in a major, major way over the last couple of years. It's been unfortunate for him, but nevertheless, two and a half top 100 prospects. And they're, they're even trading away guys like in this Manaya deal that are 18, 19 years old. So they can only do it so many more times. In fact, they were even talking over this weekend about trying to give up Chris Paddock, Eric Hosmer. They're trying to get Brian Reynolds from the Pirates, Dom Smith from the, the Mets. So I think they're very worried a little bit, which has to make you feel pretty darn good after everything that they've been doing the last two or three years. So, you know, the addition of Manaya is going to make it that much harder for the Rockies to ensure that they are not going to be in fourth place. But the Padres are still very, very suspect right now. So uh, I, I'm not totally convinced that they are going to be head and shoulders better than the Rockies, even though DraftKings Sportsbook thinks they're going to have a better record than the Giants. I could see it, but I could also see the Rockies having a better record than the Padres. Let me get to these two things real quick so you can get some of that audio from Ryan Valade and Colton Welker. Injuries piling up around MLB. Jacob deGrom shut down for four weeks with a stress reaction. Not a stress fracture, just a stress reaction in his pitching shoulder. I've heard he might even be out the whole first half of the season. I guess that's a worst-case prognosis, but not great for him. You, you, you hate to see that for a guy who's as exciting and as electric, but does beg the question, you know, He's increased his mile per hour on his fastball a mile and a half to two every year for the last five, six years. And the body takes a beating when you do that. So I I hope he comes back. I hope he's okay. And I hope Scherzer's okay. He tweaked his hamstring, and that could put his opening day start in question. We'll wait and see what happened. Look, Max Scherzer can pitch with one eye, either eye and either color eye. He can pitch with, remember he broke his nose trying to lay down a bunt in, in batting practice, an errant bunt. He could pitch without a hamstring. He, he could probably pitch without a right arm. And Max Scherzer is just, he's unbelievable. But the Mets starting rotation, the whole team, they're also suspect. I think they'll probably be a little bit better than the Padres, but man, the Mets are the Mets. The Mets are the Mets. So they're, they are suspect. And the White Sox, two injuries. Garrett Crochet, Tommy John surgery. Bummer to see that out of that young electric lefty. And Lance Lynn's going to need knee surgery. He's going to be shut down for four weeks. In our division here in the NOS, Josh Rojas, you might remember that name. He's a pretty good utility player. He's going to be out a few weeks, possibly with an oblique strain. So Diamondbacks are already on the mend. Nick Ahmed, I think, is pretty darn banged up. The Rockies looking good. Again, you got to hope that Sensatella is going to be all right. Other than that, I mean, Rockies are, are in very good shape physically going into this season. That's going to be an advantage for them if they can stay healthy. Now, MLB umpires, as I mentioned, they're going to be mic'd up. Yes, in a press release by MLB this past week, MLB umpires, quote, will conduct in-park announcements during the replay review process. And those in-park announcements aren't going to be advertisements. No, it's going to actually let you know what the heck just happened in that play or what they are reviewing. Now, if you're watching from home, it's confusing, right? If you're watching at home to really know what's going on because the announcers are speculating they're doing the best that they can. But if you are in the ballpark, if you are at a game, it's it's just pure frustration. And I, I'm actually surprised there isn't more intense booing in these moments because 
there does seem to be confusion with with umpires and with both teams figuring out what what are they even looking at and and fans just have to sit around and wait again if you're at a baseball game you're kind of just used to that at this point but this practice will really be very helpful for keeping the game moving along and you say all right well now at least i know what they're checking on instead of just hearing this play is under review maybe you'll hear a little bit more about that it actually should be in place for opening day it should be in place on thursday so we might even get a chance to see it sooner then later, it's going to be, you know, it's going to make for some humorous moments. You know, we've seen in the NFL, uh, these umpires, they're not necessarily public speakers. They're going to have to get used to it. Yes, they speak. They don't, I wouldn't say they speak in public. They shout in public. They shout ball, strike, out. And that's pretty much it. But, you know, to string a couple words together and say sentences, look, I do it for a living every day for five hours a week. And even I trip over my own tongue numerous times numerous times. So it, it will be interesting to say the least to see what's going on here with these umpires and the announcements that they make for the replay review process. It's a welcome change. It's, this is good. This is going to be a good thing. Here, I wanted to leave you with a little bit of audio from Colton Welker and Ryan Vallade because depending on when you're listening to this, it could be anywhere from 24 to 36 hours until opening night yes opening night that's what that's what it's called for minor league baseball because well you're not going to take your kid out of school to go see a jersey shore blue claws game or a modesto nuts game or tacoma rainiers i mean i mean i probably would fight any kids i certainly would do something like that but most people don't operate that when it comes to minor league baseball so baseball has opening night now not all minor league baseball will open up on tuesday it is just the triple a slate of games so we'll have the albuquerque isotopes in action before anyone else they are in oklahoma city playing the dodgers for i believe what will be a full six game set if you recall last year minor league baseball changed how they did business i think it's great again because these games are really just practice and their preparation for these young players to make their way to the majors. So they don't need to be changing locations every three or four days. So they'll drive to a new city, you know, probably by Monday night, maybe Tuesday morning. They will take off depending on where they're at. And they play a six game series from Tuesday through Sunday, always with Monday being a day off. So I think that's a really great schedule that they have there in AAA. So it'll be the next week after that, where the isotopes will be home. A lot of people down in Albuquerque are going to be very excited about this team, a much better team, I think, than in the past. Sure, the Hartford Yard Goats weren't great last year, and you say, well, those guys are coming up. But don't forget, the players who didn't make the Rockies' 28-man opening day roster are going to be left down. So Ryan Vallade's still going to be there. He was pretty good last year as a 22-year-old. Colton Welker is still going to be there and had very brief opportunities after he came back from his 80-game suspension. A few other guys there. We'll have to break into that maybe again on Tuesday. Putting a lot of things off on Tuesday. This is this is a busy weekend here in baseball as we get all ready for opening day. I cannot wait. And you don't have to wait anymore for this audio. First, you'll hear Ryan Vallade talking about his offseason, played in the Arizona Fall League, had no games in 2020, and then in 2021, 
He was in big league camp, had a full AAA season, and then he continued his year even longer than that. It was a season that almost never ended. Patch lines here with Ryan Valade. Ryan, 2021 was a long season for you, right? Yeah. I mean, go from not having anything in 2020 to uh, coming up to Coors Field mm-hmm. in September mm-hmm. and then even playing in the Arizona Fall League. Yep. When you look back on it, I mean, how would you describe that? Yeah, it was a fun year for sure. I got to do a lot of cool things. Um, you know, starting off with the alternate site after right after spring training. So you did spring training, alternate site. Had to AAA, uh, got to the Futures game, debuted, um, and then we got to go to the Fall League. So a lot of cool things um, in 2021, and um, it's definitely a year I'll remember for, for sure. A lot, a lot of frequent flyer miles, too. You're yeah, right. Yeah, As you were exactly. talking, I remembered, I said, oh, yeah, Futures game, too. So you were all over the place. Yeah, a little bit of everywhere. Uh, you skipped AA Hartford, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, that also is another one of those wrinkles in, in last season in that challenge as one of the youngest guys yeah. in the Pacific Coast League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was supposed to go to AA in 2020, um, and then I got to do the all-site in Denver. So I don't know if they just kind of took that as my AA year um, or what, but, you know, I was happy to be able to do that. It was really cool. And uh, head up to Albuquerque. And then, yeah, have a good year there, and it was a lot of fun. A definite boost of confidence, yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. Did it, when you got there, did it feel like, whoa, this is a jump, or natural progression, even though you didn't have the, the 2020 season? Yeah, you know, I think um, that, alter, you know, that alternate site was a, uh, a big, you know, help, you know, for making that transition. You're facing, you know, big league arms, AAA arms, top prospects in our organization, so we're facing a lot of good arms. Um, and I think going to AAA helped me a lot. I, you know, I got to hang out around, you know, around guys like Greg Bird, and get to play with Sam a little bit, and you know, all the guys that you see on TV every night. Um, so they helped me a lot. You just with my game maturing, you know, learning um, just how you know things are done up there. How did the body feel at the end of what was, I believe, eight and a half months? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was a little worn down, um, especially after the fall league. But it was good to have. Um, you know, I, I kind of say that extra month of the lockout helped me because I got that extra month back uh, for recovery. You know, obviously you don't want to see a lockout, um, but personally that kind of helped me. Um, but no, it's feeling good now, and I'm, I'm just ready for this year. How has camp been going for you so far, having all these guys back and, and with that place knowing you're on the 40-man and so yeah. you're that much closer to being on the big league club? Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, like you probably heard the guys in here are amazing. Um, you know, we pull for one another. And ultimately, we have one goal, and that's to win. Um, so, you know, as as spring kind of comes to a close in the next, you know, week and a half or so, just going to continue to do my thing, and uh, whatever happens, happens. How's, how's the comfort been over at first base? A lot of guys playing multiple positions yeah. to fit in, which is obviously a strength. You've been on, on the dirt before. Yeah. How's that, you know, play at first base been comfortable-wise? It's been fun to get back on the dirt. You know, when they move me to outfield, um, didn't get to play much on field, but when they said, you know, we're going to put you back up first for a little bit, um, I was really excited. It's great to be back on the dirt, like you're saying. Um, the transition has been going really good. Um, you know, I think being a shortstop my whole life obviously helps that. Um, and, you know, first base has its challenges, but it's a lot easier than shortstop. So there's a lot of things that you don't know about first base that can be complicated, um, but our staff's been doing a really good job of, you know, getting everyone prepared.
since you came back to camp, lockout ends, you're here, yeah. and then it seems like every day there's a new guy coming in, a new signing, and yeah. you look around and you say, wow, this team is, is pretty good, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. No, they've done a great job going out and getting guys like, you know, KB and Jose and um, a lot of great arms. Um, I think the Rockies are going to be a team to keep your eye on for sure this year. Uh, everyone has their their eyes on other teams, so they need to put their eyes on the, on the Rockies because uh, we have a lot of great talent over here, um, and we have that that motivation and kind of chip on our shoulder to go out and dominate. Colton Welker, here he is talking a little bit about what it was like playing at altitude and what he does to get his body ready, which, talking to him beforehand, he did plan on losing about 15 pounds between the end of last year and the beginning of this year. I think he came pretty close to that. He said he did look good. He did look a little bit trimmer, a little bit more mobile when I saw him out there over there on third base, taking ground balls with Ryan McMahon. And we talk about Ryan McMahon and, and how he's a gold glove candidate in the National League. In fact, Welker sees him every day when they're going head-to-head doing that and what he's learned. And so it's interesting how Nolan passes the torch to Ryan McMahon. And in a way, McMahon is passing something on to Colton Welker. So Welker may not get that same opportunity to start at third base, may end up having to play first base. You'll hear Welker talk about his comfort levels over there at first base. And now with the DH here in the National League, that might be where we see Colton Welker as a fit on this team. He's hit at every level that he's been at. And so now first base slash DH and once in a while over there on third base, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. But here is my conversation with Rockies prospect Colton Welker. Patrick Lyons, DNVR Sports, here with Colton Welker. Colton, first off, how was your offseason? It was great. You know, I, I kind of uh, accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish on the hitting side, on the defensive side, on uh, my body. So just excited to come out here and show these guys what I can do. How has it felt so far here in camp with probably the first normal spring? Well, it still isn't normal, but yeah. first normal spring in a few years since the pandemic. You know, it feels great. I feel like the clubhouse is meshing. I feel like all the guys are... Uh, you know, a tight group, and, I, you know, I think that's going to play huge dividends on the field, and, um, you know, I think the Rockies are really going to take off this year. It's great the lockout's over, obviously, but as a young guy who, you know, had his rights fought for by the MLBPA, making sure that the league minimum goes up, how does that feel to know that, you know, your your brothers in the union were looking after players like yourself? Uh, it means a lot just to look after, you know, the younger generation of guys, and that's going to you know, probably not even affect some of those guys to a certain extent. But, you know, for them to do that for us and stuff it meant a lot and to show, the, you know, the unity of baseball. And, um, yeah, it definitely, definitely means a lot for guys like me. After going back home to Florida, I imagine you really started to feel the benefits of being back at sea level. What can you reflect upon during your time in Albuquerque and Colorado in, in playing at you know, so high above sea level. Yeah, I mean, you definitely got to warm your body up more. You definitely have to stretch more. I mean, do all those things. You 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 gotta you have to take better care because I mean, you, you know, your recovery is shortened. Your uh, your body kind of aches every day. You you feel every little thing. So, getting back home, you know, I didn't really didn't really feel that right away. So it was an, it was a nice little change for a little bit in the off season. It's kind of good to work out there. It's hot, so it was a little easier to to sweat and kind of feel that. So it was good. any tips or tricks uh, you were able to take away to say, you know, I need to maybe implement that going forward here in 2022 uh nothing crazy you know I'm, I'm not a guy that really tries to flip the whole book i kind of trust what i do and stuff like that but just small stuff hitting small stuff you know running and things like that that you know can jump start me a little more last year with the isotopes 
you got to play alongside ever so briefly with Alan Trejo. What can you say about you know his defense that he brings out on the field? I mean, I love Alan. I played with Alan, you know, I think three or four years now. So it's been uh, been him at shortstop and me at third most of the time. So we have a, we have a great relationship there, and uh, you know, I love the way he plays. And he's a he's a gamer, man. The guy the guy plays hard. He gets after it. And he can he can pick it pick it like no other. So you know, I'm expecting big things from Al, and uh, you know, he's he's a great teammate too as well. Another player, obviously, you get to see up close and impersonal there uh, defensively is is Ryan McMahon. You know, how far along has his defense come where he's in that conversation now as a Gold Glove candidate in the NL? I think he's a no-doubt Gold Glover. You know, I mean, I work with him every day out here, so I get to really, really see it. But, uh, I mean, the Rockies have had a chain of really, really good defensive third baseman, you could say. And uh, <laughs> I think he fits right in that mold. You know, he's uh, he's definitely improved since I saw him, even when I was – kind of on the other side of things looking up at him and um looking at him now it's very impressive you know he's uh i think he's up there with the top guys in the league every year now how valuable is that to have someone that is you know head and shoulders above so many other players and you have to push and strive to kind of keep pace with them how important is that to have those kind of players around you know i think it keeps me up to par because now i'm gonna hold myself to his standard which is obviously a really really high league standard so you know if i can stay in that that bubble i think you know i'll be okay How's the transition? I know you've been playing some first base in the past, but saw you over there taking some ground balls. Feeling comfortable at first base? Very comfortable, yeah. First base has come pretty natural now, and you know I, I consider first and third pretty equal now. I don't, you know, like I said, I, I got to play some first last year when I got called up too, which is cool, just to play at the highest level and kind of get that out of the way. And uh, you know, being a little more uncomfortable, I'd say, than I am now, which is, you know, I expect to take even more strides there. And finally, with the designated hitter coming to the National League, how much does that kind of whet your appetite as, hey, there's another spot in the lineup for me that I can help contribute to this team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just another spot for, for you know, for guys, you know, around the league as well. You know, guys in my position, guys, you know, kind of on that, uh, you know, trying to find a position and stuff like that. So I think it's good for everybody. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a little dangerous for the pitchers to be up there hitting. And, uh, you know, I think their job is to pitch, and I think our job is to hit. So I think that's, uh, that's just how it should be. Well put. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Look, this is a free podcast. The only thing I ask of you is please leave a review anywhere you listen to this podcast. If you're getting enjoyment out of this, please just take a minute, two minutes to leave a review, whether it's long, whether it's even short, whether even it's just those five stars, whatever you can do, I would greatly, greatly appreciate a review wherever you listen to this. Again. Make sure you are checking out the DNVR Sports Channel over on YouTube where we have our player preview series with the homies Kevin Henry from Rocks Pile and Call to the Pen and Kenneth Weber from Purple Row. Both do an amazing job. We had a lot of fun breaking down these players at different angles and making some seriously bold predictions. So two of those will be dropping on Monday. In fact, every day as we lead up to Opening day on Friday, 210, first pitch against the Dodgers. Are you going to be there? Let me know on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies or just directly at me. My DMs are open at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. Again, it's only 50 cents for your first month on the DNVR.com. This has been great, but you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I will talk to you then.